If you want to spend less time going to the grocery store, then you need to check out ButcherBox. It's a super convenient way to find high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust. ButcherBox only sells 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. And you know what all that means. No antibiotics or added hormones, so you get peace of mind that you're eating healthy food. On top of all that, ButcherBox makes shopping simpler because it gets delivered right to your doorstep. Shipping is always free, and you can customize your meal plan so you're only getting exactly what you want. We've tried everything from pork chops to tenderloins at our house, and they're always a huge hit. ButcherBox prices are as good or better than what you can find at the store, plus they have exclusive member deals, as well as a ton of recipes, cooking tips, and other kitchen hacks to choose from. So sign up at ButcherBox.com LISC and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer, plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. So sign up today at ButcherBox.com slash LISK, L-I-S-K, and use code LISK to choose your free-for-a-year offer, plus $20 off your first order. Hey, my name's Otis Gray, host of The Daily Book Club, a daily podcast where I read wonderful old books one chapter at a time. Simple as that. Whether you want to get engaged and lost in a fascinating story that has stood the test of time, or just relax to a good book, listen to The Daily Book Club to get wrapped up or unwind during your day. We'll read classic stories like Pride and Prejudice, The Enchanted April, The Wind in the Willows, beautiful stories all told from start to finish. And you can even do a real book club. Tune into The Daily Book Club Discord and discuss the readings with other book club listeners. However you want to listen, it's your choice. Subscribe to The Daily Book Club on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else. New episodes every single day. So sit back, relax, and get lost in The Daily Book Club. Mopac Audio. Thanks for joining us on the LISC Long Island Serial Killer podcast and the second part of our conversation with filmmakers Josh Zeman and Rachel Mills, who are part of the team that produced A&E's series, The Killing Season. We'll jump right in to continue where we left off in the previous episode. What are your thoughts on more does being named and then obviously the does that have yet to be named, like peaches, baby dough, Asian dough. What I find interesting is, you know, we did not know that peaches found in Hempstead Hempstead Lake um, Park was connected to baby dough until 2016, I think, right after our series came out. Basically, what happened was, uh, for some reason, uh, body parts weren't in NamUs. And, and that forced us to uh, ask both NamUs. We got on the phone with NamUs. We're like, why isn't this victim here in NamUs? And then we got on the Then we convinced NamUs to call um, uh, the uh, Nassau County Coroner's Office. And that's when they revealed that Peaches was, in fact, um, body parts were, were found in both Hempstead Park and on Ocean Parkway and was related to Baby Doe. Wow. And you spoke to the tattoo artist um, who allegedly tattooed peaches, right? Yeah, that's a tough one. I'm not. I'm not sure. It sounds good, but at the end of the day, I, I don't put a huge amount of stock into that. We'll see. We'll see. And and by the way, we believe that they know who peaches is. Sorry. And, and that they will uh, reveal that information in the next couple of weeks. What makes you think that that they know? 
Well, they knew who Car- they knew who Fire Island Jane Doe was. Uh, they knew that for a year. They were holding that information back because a they probably didn't want to spook Rex Harriman by releasing information, i.e., finding answers, and that they wanted to get the indictment out of the way. So we knew that they knew for over a year. And the fact that you know the FBI had put out a tweet saying we are looking for um, anybody who's re- related to this individual in Alabama. It was, it's like it was Mobile, Alabama. It was uh... yeah, Mobile, Alabama. They they didn't they didn't name check the Gilgo case, but they had been pretty actively pursuing clues to find out who she was because they had hit a genealogical dead end. That's right. It was a, it was like Lige Howell or Elijah Howell. Exactly. They they knew who the relative was, but they couldn't track the relative's uh, lineage, basically, to figure out how it got to this unidentified woman and her child. So the fact that they were so active just leads us to believe, and, and there's been some actual news reports saying that they know who Peaches is. So we believe that that in- information is going to come out, and I believe that that is going to be extremely relevant because it really talks about the victimology. You know, there's a lot of debate about whether or not all these Jane Doe's and Valerie Mack and Jessica Taylor, etc., whether they were all picked up on the street, which is different from the GB4. And that may be part of the reason we have two different MOs, because we're dealing about two different time periods, two different in 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 the killer's mind is he basically afraid that someone has seen this individual get into a car and that's why he's then dismembering the bodies because he's trying to um you know obfuscate more it seemed like he wasn't concerned about that with regards to gb4 so figuring out who baby doe is figuring out who peaches is is going to be really important because obviously this individual is not picked up on the street you know obviously he just did not have the baby with her on the street. She drove somewhere. So that makes everybody think that there's some information we're going to find in the history of Peaches. Oh, that's interesting. Gosh, I hadn't thought about that because back then it would have been more street action, I would imagine. But yeah, how does that happen? Um, that's and then, um, so let's talk about, you know, you guys have had different theories on, is it one or is it two? Um, you know, for the other bodies, and where are you guys landing with that as this all this comes out? Uh, it's interesting because for a long time I was more in the two killers camp, or at least more than one, um, just from the signatures. But knowing that it's most likely "quote unquote" streetwalkers versus an online presence, you know, we're talking about. Fire Island Jane Doe, we're talking about Peaches, we're talking about um, Valerie Mack, these pre-2000 or around 2000. Um, then you get to the GB4 and, you know, the signature is much different. So, so if he's just trying to evade law enforcement and that's why he has the need to, you know, lay body parts in one than the other, you know, miles from each other, the same body. And then if he realizes no one's looking for me, and uh, I'm just gonna put them on the side of Ocean Parkway. Then maybe he is responsible for all all ten plus. Also, another thing, and I, I give this just a little bit of a credence, um, but I don't know if you saw that very down and dirty like Facebook Live of the 
interior designer who went to like networking events with Rex. Did y'all see this? I've heard about it, yeah, but I don't I've, think I've, I've seen it. I've heard about yeah. it. I think there was like a TikTok or something. Um, yeah, maybe it was TikTok. But so she was saying, you know, and I, I take what she's saying with a grain of salt. It was probably a while ago and I don't know her from Eve, but she was saying that, you know, she'd seen him at a few networking events. They were, you know, talked to each other. Um, when they ran into each other and for whatever reason, he brought up the, the Gilgo case to her and said, hey, have you heard about that Gilgo case? This guy is responsible for like 10 bodies. I live that way. Isn't that crazy? So you could look at that and say, oh, well, you know, he's he's trying to keep her interest and, you know, maybe he is responsible for all 10, all 10 because he's saying 10 or he's trying to build himself up to and taking credit for someone else who's working in that same area. That is interesting because there were some other alleged encounters that came forward. The woman from, uh, what was it, Freeport? Port yeah. Jeff went Port, on a date. Yeah, with went him. on a date with him. And I mean, there were several people who came came forward. There's another lady on TikTok who he allegedly flew across um, the country. And again, on that date, spoke with her about the Gilgo Four and like you know the Gilgo Beach murders. So it, it it seemed like he got some sick you know sort of satisfaction out of knowing that there's this notorious serial killer on the loose. It's him, and that he hasn't been caught. Um, I think he he. It seems like he liked the fame of it. Yeah. I, I'll be honest. I thought it was two, and now I think it's one. N- number one, the age. He didn't start killing when he was forty. He's 59 years old. If you look at 1996, he would have been 32. And and that's prime. You know, average age of a male serial killer. First kill is 28 and a half. So that actually fits. Number two, and this is uh, debatable or not, but when I saw in his internet searches that he had searched for Asian twink, meaning a predilection towards effeminate Asian men dressing in women's clothing, I wondered, was that, Uh, search that he did pre-Asian male or post-Asian male. But the idea that if it, you know, does this mean he he actually was into that sort of thing? All the searches had been in the past two years, though, so it wouldn't have been pre, most likely. But why would he he search for Asian twink? I think it's interesting if he is responsible, he may not know what Asian twink is, and knowing if, if he is responsible for Asian male, then he's like, well, what does that mean? Yeah. But there's so many things they did not include in his search, in his Google search, that we are not privy to, too. But but there's a reason that that law enforcement put that specific search in the bail uh, bail agreement. So, I don't know. I now think it's actually one. And look, it makes sense in some respects. You know, I was speaking with a cold case detective, and he was like, if you look at all of the quote-unquote uh, dismembered bodies they were probably almost all picked up on the street and if you look at the gb4 they were almost all exclusively done over the internet and that's why we have two separate mos and it wouldn't it be great if it were just one yeah yeah and yeah. i i lean that way still a little bit and i'm glad we're talking about it because there's still a lot of questions out there and I, you know people can keep hunting and all that but um boy it would be nice if they could wrap it all up and as we know like you know, just like you mentioned earlier, Josh, I think you said, you know, like, oh, they never quit. Well, they do quit and they do adapt and they do change. So, you know, you know, people want to get stuck on the MO thing. And it's like, well, you know, he might realize, like, I don't like the dismemberment and I don't need to do that. 
it's too much work and it's too much hassle and it's horrific. I don't know what he's thinking, but that he yeah. changed. And um, yeah, I hope I hope he has a come to Jesus moment and confesses to all of it. But um, it'll be interesting. Yeah, I have heard that that is uh, that that's where they're going. They're trying to get him to confess. Yeah. I mean, if you have enough evidence for three, it's like, hey, stay in the limelight or whatever, you know, floats your boat and let's just own it. Yeah. And um it's not like you're going to get out sooner. You'll probably get some nice, you know, post, you know, like some release where you get to go out and show them where things are and you get a field trip. I mean, that's if that yeah. appeals to him. I mean, there's no death penalty in New York State. So that's the other thing. I mean, and, and there have been other, you know, many other homicide cases, maybe not of this profile, but, you know, high profile that they're nailed for two, three victims. And then throughout the course of their, you know, serving their sentence, they come back and they say, OK, I'm going to negotiate with law enforcement now. I'll tell you where one is. I'll confess to one if you give me X perk. And I've heard some crazy, crazy stories about, uh, you know, inmates getting wine or, yeah. you know, a nice dinner bowling, and, you yeah. know, in exchange for telling law enforcement where they buried bodies or confessing to um, the death of another victim. I've seen Silence of the Lambs, too. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that's the sound of another sale on your online Shopify store. But did you know Shopify powers selling in person too? That's right. Shopify is the sound of selling everywhere. Online, in-store, on social media, and beyond. <coughs> Shopify is your POS command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that unites your in-person and online sales into one seamless process. Easily track every sale across your business and know exactly what's in stock. Shopify helps you drive traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. You can take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify POS Go mobile device. Easy peasy. And if there's ever a question, Shopify's award-winning support is there to answer your questions. So sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash lisk, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash lisk to take your retail business to the next level today. One last time, go to shopify.com slash lisk. Hi, I'm Karina Bemisterfer, host of Morning Cup of Murder, your daily true crime podcast. Yes, you heard me right. Daily true crime. Every day, Morning Cup of Murder tells you a straightforward, short-form story about murder, true crime, cold cases, disappearances, serial killers, cults, and more. And I do that all in under 15 minutes. With over three years of stories and over 20 million downloads, the Morning Cup of Murder podcast has become a staple of so many people's daily routines. So, why not add it to yours? Stream Morning Cup of Murder everywhere you listen to podcasts, and remember, stay safe. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. 
GCU provides you with the personal support you need, from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours, to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team, led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. So what are you guys, you know, as far as LISC, what are you looking forward to? What do you think's coming up? You know, if you had to guess, you know, what what are you uh, looking for? Obviously, some of the does being named, but just going forward, what what are you guys looking for? Yeah, I mean, I think I think that that's the number one thing for me is <clears throat> having these unidentified, identified. Hopefully, Peaches and Baby Joe will be next. Um, I really hope so. And you know, for us, because we did look at other cases across the country, all involving sex workers, and knowing how my personal opinion, how great law enforcement has done in the past two years surrounding this case is that, you know, places like Albuquerque, which I believe was 13, 12 mm-hmm. or 13 victims, right. uh, mass grave that, you know, law enforcement across the country can look to see after so much so many issues in this case um, when it comes to involvement, law enforcement, um, corruption, and just like everything that, that's happened that they will take, they can see how, how you can turn it around yeah. and how you can get, move forward and get some answers for victims' families. That's a great point. I, you know, that's, that's what I hope, like we've played a small part in and you guys have played a small part in and, you know, just like realizing like by keeping the heat on, and, you know, it'll, it'll motivate some of these, you know, the Albuquerque's, you know, Massachusetts has enough of their own bodies. They can just mm-hmm. say, like, this is solvable, you know, if we work together. For me, uh, the unidentified, of course, you know, uh, peaches, baby doe, Asian male. Then I think for me, how can we tie him to Manorville? And I think that there is a way to tie him to Manorville, but to know for sure that he is responsible for these other victims. That it's a huge question. Like, I would feel very unsatisfied if we all went to the grave not knowing whether or not he was connected to all of them, but he just went to jail and, you know, life sentence for, for the four. So you're talking about Jessica Taylor and Valerie Mack. That's, yes, that's that's correct. But specifically, I actually am looking for a connection to Menorville. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I would really like to put the Shannon Gilbert case to bed. There has been a lot of, um, I, I think questions um that keep coming up and i think it would behoove everybody if this very competent law enforcement um kind of went back with regards to the shannon gilbert case and you know redid some of that investigation so that we can know um whether or not she really was um whether this really was a tragic accident because i think until we know that you know, there's always going to be that question. Yeah, that's. I'm glad you brought that up because that's still out there, and we don't want to forget about Shannon. No, we, we we don't. But also, there's just so much confusion. I mean, I'm I'm going on all these shows, and people are like, "There's 11 victims with regards to the Long Island serial killer," and I'm like, "No, there's 10 victims." I'm not saying we know fully 100% what happened to Shannon, but like, we have to separate that case from this case only when it comes to forensically separate them yeah you know because when we when we when we integrate them when we mix them up it it creates confusion and then that leads to um a a lot of uh guessing which is what you know a lot of problems 
go back to the fact that law enforcement was was always on the defensive when it came to Shannon Gilbert. Yeah. So if they can, you know, if we can get an answer and put that case to bed, and I don't mean, I'm not trying, you know, I, when I say to bed, I mean to, you know, to really understand. And by the way, whether or not Shannon was murdered or whether it was a tragic accident, her unbelievable sacrifice to this case is almost is so profound it's almost spiritual you know with regards to the fact that this poor girl led police to basically uncover these women find these women and stop a serial killer if it wasn't for shannon this guy this killer would still be walking the streets yep couldn't agree more yeah and um i know i don't think we have you know i talked to john ray the other day and you know he he still thinks there's foul play and um, and there are a lot of unanswered questions. And then when you look at like, you know, was it hypothermia? And as you know, we've looked at that too, and it just doesn't seem likely. So it's like, what happened? And um, yeah, it would be nice if they turn that, that, that gaze, that eye of the power they have with this task force to see if they could, you know, get some questions answered there. One thing I will say is that Rach and I were out in that water. We spent so long out right in that exact time. It is freezing cold out there in the middle of May. It is unbelievable. I, I think I wish people went to that swamp to figure out what it was like. It was it was just, it was madness out there. Yeah. You know, how wet it was, how cold it was, the wall of brambles, you know, how desolate and far away you are from the rest of the places. I, to me, I just, I just want that yep. answer. If not for the family, if for any, if for everybody. Yeah, and we we had visited the spot too, and um, and it was hot when we. I think it was summer when we went because I just remember sweating profusely. But that um, it really made you think, like you know, how did she get this far out, and why run out there? What drugs would do that? Would she do that? Is it you know? It's there's so many questions there, but yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because hopefully they can provide some answers there i mean one she deserves it and two she was and i think that's why people want to say she's got to be part of it and you know, there's no coincidences like well there are there are coincidences and if she is one big coincidence <laughs> yeah. it's shocking and amazing and and we're grateful that it brought what it did but she needs answers yeah for sure and and listen there's still another part of this whole thing i don't think we know the extent of how much there was an obstruction of justice here done by Burke and Spoda. And so I think once we sort out these big questions, I think then it's, it's going to, it's going to come time to really look at that. Yeah. Some accountability, perhaps. I don't know what kind of, absolutely. I doubt there's lawsuits (laughs) or anything that they can be brought because they're pretty protected often, but um, at least the scrutiny of, you know, trying to make them answer for, not doing much well is it not doing much or actively obstructing yeah. justice yeah I, I i think we're talking about two different things you know i'm not harping on your words i'm just trying to say like like it's it's one thing we've all heard it law enforcement dragging their heels for whatever reason there's some incompetence there's politics or what have you and then there's actively obstructing justice we know that they actively obstructed justice in um, the 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 bag case, i.e., the bag that was stolen from Burke's car, and then he went and beat the suspect. Christopher Lowe. Up. 
Chris Loeb, exactly. We know that they actively obstructed justice in that case. And the question now becomes, did they actively obstruct justice in this case? And if so, why? Now, I'm not going to go where so many other people have gone and said Burke is a serial killer and, you know, some kind of eyes wide shut deaths or something. I think that's all conspiracy theory and people watch far too much television. But I do think that there are reasons why they actively obstructed justice and those reasons have not been fully explored. I always thought that it was some degree of like they just it was a Pandora's box. There was other corruption. There's other things going on that they didn't want the feds meddling with, you know, um, and they didn't care. So it's like, why not obstruct it and why not kick them out? Yes. And I do believe that it was active obstruction. I don't think that it was just, you know, Barney Fife, you know, bumbling with this evidence. Like, I think that they actively wanted to keep. Uh, other local law enforcement out, state law enforcement out, and especially the feds. Yeah. Is there uh, is there anything we missed? No, I think we've covered it all. Man, it's always good talking with you guys, and I love how you guys have stayed with the case, and um, you know, just really care that um, justice happens and are seeing it through um, as we all move on to different things as life takes us. But um, yeah, I'm so happy for these families. You know, as much happiness as yes. can be brought about with this but I, I think that was a big deal like for me i knew this was so different when i saw all those family members up there and for me you know whether it's melissa can all, all those families i yeah. just like thank god they got some sort of justice because it just it would be so terrible otherwise and i think about lorraine ella going to her grave not having known what had happened heartbreaking and, yeah, like this is the way law enforcement is supposed to work, you know, so let's celebrate the way it's supposed to work. Let's give them kudos. Let's, you know, not second guess them in that respect, because this is how it's supposed to work. But let's fix the mistakes of the past, too. Well said. Well said. Well, thank you, guys. We really appreciate it. And um, we'll be in touch. You know, who knows what happens? Um, something with Vegas or South Carolina but we'll just uh, we'll stay in touch and we'll just keep tracking this craziness. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank, yeah, you. thank you. Take care. Bye, guys. Thank Bye. you. Bye, guys. For our talk with Josh Zeman and Rachel Mills, we appreciate them taking the time to share their insights and, of course, for all the work they've done over the years to raise the visibility of the Long Island serial killer case. One last note. If you're liking these and other episodes we've been putting out, please take a moment to rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps us out. Thanks. This has been a Mopac Audio production. I am your host, Chris Moss. Our senior producer is Shannon McGarvey. Our executive producers are Jonathan Beal and Jonathan Nowazarden, and music by Blake Maples. The views, speculation, conjecture, and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the speakers, guests, and the hosts. They do not reflect or represent the policy or views held by Mopac Audio LLC or any broadcaster of this podcast. Any and all suspects discussed on this podcast are considered innocent until guilt is established in a court of law and any allegations, speculation, opinion, or conjecture about any suspect is subject to such presumption of innocence. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.